do Jehovah's Witnesses teach and believe that's different from the body of Christ? Why would an active Jehovah's Witness decide to leave the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society? Why does leaving the Jehovah's Witnesses cause family conflict? And why are some ex-Jehovah's Witnesses disfellowshipped? Join us today as I interview Dr. Jeff Schwem, an ex-Jehovah's Witness who has ministered to and helped many ex-Witnesses since he left the organization. This is Kay Meyer, president of Family Shield Ministries and your host for today's program. Welcome, Jeff. Thanks so much for being my guest today. Oh, thanks for having me. All right. Well, I've known you for many years, but it's been a while, and I thought it was time that we uh, again introduce you to our listeners uh, on 53 stations around the country. I'm not sure if you know that. And um, uh, have you just kind of share what your life was like as a Jehovah's Witness and uh, why you left. And then on from there, we'll see where the Lord leads us. So tell us about your family and uh, how you got involved, first of all, with the Jehovah's Witnesses. Well, what happened was uh, my mother was a a pretty active Missouri Synod Lutheran. My dad was a non-practicing Catholic. Um, And around the time I was five years old, my mom's mom, my grandmother, passed away, and, and my mother became very, very depressed. Um, I found this out later by talking to um, other relatives who knew my mother at the time. But apparently she became very depressed, and uh, one of her best friends from high school showed up at her door. She had just Her best friend had recently converted to the Jehovah's Witnesses, and it was kind of all downhill from there. Um, my mother um, started studying with her. She... Uh, went from being um, a Sunday school teacher at the Lutheran church that she attended to um, becoming a Jehovah's Witness. Um, She pulled me out of uh, uh, Christian school. Um, I was in kindergarten at the time. And then uh, not long after that, maybe a couple years later, my dad converted, and then my dad's parents converted, and my my dad's sister converted. So I have quite a few um, relatives that... um, you know, got involved in the Jehovah's Witnesses because of her. Um, she became attracted, you know, to this idea that um, she would see her mother again in a paradise earth. Um, and uh, it just, you know, it became a real split within the family, mainly because, you know, at that time, my family stopped uh, celebrating uh, holidays. And get, and really, we didn't spend a whole lot of time with the Lutheran side of um the Lutheran Christian side of, of my mom's family uh, mm-hmm. anymore. There was kind of a big split that occurred there. Sure, and that's pretty normal because uh, committed Christians are often very upset but don't know what to say. And uh, it's interesting how many of your family members became Jehovah's Witnesses. I see that a lot. Not that their teachings are correct, but they seem to be really good at convincing people that they are, that their teachings are correct, and uh, I, I guess we can't go into that. But I, th- that happens a lot. That doesn't, you know, sometimes they'll look at that and they'll say, see, they all became Jehovah's Witnesses. That means we're right. Not, no, no, that doesn't. So you were only, what, five years old I was at the time? five years old at the time, and then, you know, I, at the time the Jehovah's Witnesses had, you know, five uh, meetings at their Kingdom Hall a week. Mm-hmm. I don't think they have that many anymore. But they have they had five, and and one of those was a a class that taught you how to uh, speak in public. Mm-hmm. And so I gave my first five minute 
um, sermon, really, when I was about eight years old. Oh, my goodness. And then um, I started going from door to door, geez, when I was probably six. And then um, I I was baptized. The Jehovah's Witnesses have a a believer's baptism. Mm -hmm. They didn't recognize my Christian baptism as an infant when I was um, uh, christened at at my mom's Lutheran parish. Um, uh, The believer's baptism occurred at, like, I guess I was 17. And then after that, I became a full-time door-to-door evangelizer. So they called mm-hmm. them pioneer ministers. And I spent about 100 hours a month going from door-to-door. I lived with my folks, worked part-time, uh, doing yard work and such. And then um, I spent most of my time going from door-to-door. When I became about, I guess I was about 19 years old, I was invited to serve at their world headquarters, which at the time was in uh, Brooklyn, New York. Mm-hmm. Um, Is it not anymore? It's not. No, no they moved it to upstate New York. They, okay. they sold most of those properties ah. or are in the process of selling pretty much all of their properties in Brooklyn Heights. So those particular um, buildings are, are not, I think pretty much all, most of them are not being used by the witnesses okay. much anymore, if okay. at all. So you were just a teenager when you were so involved. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, absolutely. And it's and, really all you knew because you had grown up from a very young age. Yeah, it was all I knew. And then, you know, you're very isolated because, oh, sure. you know, you don't, you're not really, you're discouraged from uh, from associating with anybody who's not a Jehovah's Witness. Mm-hmm. You're discouraged from getting involved in extracurricular activities um, at school. Mm-hmm. Um, your your life centers around the Kingdom Hall and the, the, the mission that they give you of proselytizing other people and, and distributing, uh, at that time, Watchtower Literature. Um, so you know the, their their magazines and their books and mm-hmm. such, mm-hmm. and um, and then also you know even if you had like if you have a, a family member who's super opposed to, they would even discourage you from associating with with that family member as well. So mm-hmm. it's a very isolating mm-hmm. existence. That's an interesting point. The isolation, I know that, but I I don't think I usually talk about that, especially for a teenage boy. Yeah, or, yeah. you know, even, well, from the time, you know, I was five and up, that was the Child. only mm-hmm. worldview I was really exposed to. And and then, you know, you're, you're told terrible things about, about the Christian Christians, churches. Yeah. You know, they believe that the Christian churches are, you know, basically the church of Satan mm-hmm. and um, and that, um, you know, that, that would, the doctrines of the, of the Christian churches are demonic and mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. They teach that at the end of time. All non-Jehovah's Witnesses will be destroyed by God, and you know, and then this Paradise Earth will come in, and, and things like that. So, so you, you know, you're really isolated, and and the propaganda is hot and heavy, and, and, yeah. and there's a lot of pressure to conform, particularly to conform under the penalty of being shunned. So mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. you know, if you break certain rules or question too much, you know, there there's this um, the shunning uh, punishment that's right. also very um, uh, it's basically emotional blackmail is what it is. Tell our listeners what shunning is, and, so, and would that also be disfellowshipping, or is correct, that something? Correct, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So what happens is if you um, are accused of breaking one of the rules or of actually you know, no longer believing in uh, certain doctrines of the Jehovah's Witnesses, a committee of three elders will investigate, and then um, if they determine that you're not repentant or, you, you know, they, they'll make an announcement at the Kingdom Hall that you've been disfellowshipped, and then what happens is all of your Jehovah's Witness friends don't talk to you anymore. Mm-hmm. 
and they even encourage um, family members to treat you as if you're dead. Yeah. yeah and right. if you if your spouse is disfellowship, that puts an incredible strain on the marriage mm-hmm. because you're told not to pray with your spouse anymore. You know, you're told not to have conversations about religious beliefs with your spouse anymore. Yeah. And so um, there's a lot of pressure Terrible. to um, to really isolate that person mm-hmm. in the hopes that they'll, you know, be so isolated that they'll come back. And right. it actually works. I mean, yeah. there's, I know of numerous, uh, you know, people who have been disfellowshipped who really don't believe what the witnesses teach, but will go through the sure. motions just to get their family back. And many times they're working for loved ones that are Jehovah's Witnesses, maybe that they're their boss. So it, it, it often is very challenging. Oh, yeah. Uh, very there, challenging. There's yeah. a lot of stories on the Internet of people who have yeah. lost their entire client base right. because they were excommunicated. Right, yes. Yeah. Excommunication. Uh, we've done a couple programs on that. It's horrific. Um, now, what caused you? To, you were at at the headquarters. That should be the glory place. I mean, you were uh, what? Did, I think you said nineteen years old. Mm-hmm. How long were you there? And what did you see that maybe led you to believe this wasn't God's kingdom? Well, I I was there for about a year, and um, what had happened uh, maybe about five or six years before I got there, there was a big um, a big schism that had occurred within the church and and in like the early 1980s. And I was there in 1984. Mm. And there was still a lot of fallout from that, a lot of questions was about it. Was that some of the false prophecy stuff that they did back then? Yeah, so what happened was in, in, the, year, uh, in the years leading up to 1975, mm-hmm. Jehovah's Witnesses had predicted that Jesus would return in 1975. Right. And that was about the time that my mom became a Jehovah's Witness. So I think she was kind of swept up into that a mm. bit. And then when it didn't happen, there was, you know, some people that were okay with it. They just said, oh, well, we made a mistake and moved on. But others had made serious life choices based on that. Yeah. You had people that had sold all sold of their, their homes. Right? You had people that had put off medical work because of that. Mm-hmm. You know, and now they're left holding the bag. And all the organization is saying was, oops, I'm sorry. You know, yeah. they didn't really like take responsibility for, for you know, basically pressuring people to believe in that. I met a Jeho- ex-Jehovah's Witness once that had sold her home during those years of predicting Jesus was coming back, and she yeah. gave the money to the Watchtower Society, but then when he didn't come back, she didn't get it back. And That's correct. And uh, devastating for yeah. many families, right? And you had people who never went to college because, you know, they're really right. not that big on higher education. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, people make... Big, made big life choices based on their belief that that the leadership of the Jehovah's Witnesses spoke for God in some way. Mm-hmm. So what happened with you? Well, so what happened was, you know, I, I had heard about the 1975 thing. I had I, I really read a lot of their literature, and I've always been kind of a, a bookworm, so mm-hmm. I read a lot of their literature, and I had questions about what had happened, but, but you had to be careful how you asked those questions because I didn't want to get shunned. Right. And so when I went to the the headquarters, um, they had a a very large library, obviously, of all the things that the Watchtower Society, which is the Bible Publishing Society of the Jehovah's Witnesses, had uh, published throughout the years. And I started reading their old literature, and it wasn't matching up mm-hmm. to the story that I was getting in 1984. Um, and one of the big things that really kind of bothered me was 
the Jehovah's Witnesses taught, and I believe they still teach this, that Jesus returned invisibly in, 19, in the year 1914, around the time of World War I, mm-hmm. inspected all the churches of the world, Hmm. and chose the Jehovah's Witnesses to be their, his one reestablished true church on earth hmm. and identified the leaders of the Jehovah's Witnesses as their official spokesperson. And what I was discovering was that, obviously, even the Watchtower literature didn't agree with that particular storyline. Hmm. And so what happened was, over time, and it started when I was at the headquarters, the credibility of of the leaders of the Watchtower Society, just, you know, they lost it in my eyes. And mm-hmm. and and I, and I had real problems believing what they were saying because you could demonstrate from their old literature that they were not, they were not um, you know, depicting their history accurately. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. they, they were lying. Yeah. So they were yeah. lying about their own history. They made claims that they never predicted the end of the world right. at any time, but right. you can go back to their literature yeah. and see that they predicted it in 1914, 1925, 1975. I mean, it's it's yeah. a you know, it's a tradition in their particular world to do that. We have the track. Who can you trust? And I'll be mentioning this later. We purchase and give away tracks to people that want to learn more. And that's really? all about the false prophecies and where they said it and how it's wrong. I mean, there's so much evidence. But as you said, the Jehovah's Witnesses that are active only see what the organization tells them. Unless they research like you do, they don't find that the the foundation of the organization has no credibility. And it, you can find the truth, but it takes time and energy. We're halfway through the program already, Jeff. Oh, Let wow. me make a few announcements, and then we're going to continue. And we want to see why you left and what we as Christians can do when we know a Jehovah's Witness that might have some doubts, and most of the time they're not going to tell us. Family Shield's counter-cult ministry purchases and gives away booklets and numerous tracts that will help Christians respond in love to Jehovah's Witnesses. If you'd like to receive these tracts, there's about six of them, and our Family Shield booklet about the counter-cult ministry, call our response center at one 877 Two five zero eight four one six, or email us at witness to family at gmail dot com. Don't forget to give us your complete name and address. This will be mailed to you. We also sell my book, Mission Field, on our doorstep. Jehovah's Witnesses. If you'd like to learn how to order it, go to our website at www.familyshieldministries.com. Or again, email us and we can get that information to you. And we have lots of resources on our recommended links. One of the categories is apologetic organizations, and you will just find a wealth of information uh, about that. I'm also going to be a speaker at an ex-Jehovah's Witness for Jesus conference being planned for July 28th and 29th in Farmington, Missouri. So if you're interested, I am not the organizer of this, but I would be happy to... uh, Refer your email address to the organizer. So email us at witness2family at gmail.com, and I will refer anybody's name that emails us to Charles Smith. He is also an ex-Jehovah's Witness organizing this. It would be for Christians that have loved ones involved and ex-Jehovah's Witnesses, and I'm sure it'll be a great event. We encourage you to share a message, a prayer request, or a donation to support Family Shield Ministries. Uh, send that to Family Shield Ministries, P.O. Box 230015, St. Louis, Missouri, 63123. 
can also reach us through Facebook. Now I want to go back to our program with Dr. Jeff Schwem. He is a professor at Concordia University in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Uh, Jeff, before we continue, just tell us what you do. You obviously, after you left, went to school because they don't encourage their uh, members to get a lot of advanced education. But tell our listeners what you do today. Well, I'm a, I teach chemistry at Concordia University in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Um, and uh, I teach mostly pre-meds. <laughs> so really? People who are going into the pre-medical field, oh. that's who I, I think the majority of my population is that I teach. Fantastic. And you are a great teacher, by the way. Uh, so we could do a long series on this. I was, As you talked, I thought of several other topics. But let's get back. We have about half of a little less than half of a program left. Tell us more about why you left um, the Watchtower Society. Well, I mean, I, I left because, you know, I no longer believed in their authority, and, and I was doubting a lot of things. And I, and I think I left a lot also because of a lot of prayer of people around me. Um, my uh, I had a, my Aunt Maxine. Uh, she was very close to our family. She used to babysit me when I was a child. This is uh, one of my mother's uh, relatives. It was her, um, like I guess, really her first cousin. Um, she used to babysit me, and she was actually my mother's uh, godmother when my mm. mother was uh, christened as a, as a Christian when my mom was an infant. And when my mom left the Christian church and, and became a Jehovah's Witness, my Aunt Maxine took it really hard. So what she did is so she started a prayer group at her at her parish, at her church. And those people met for, gosh, at least 25 maybe years, 20, 25 years, wow. every week. Wow, every week. There, wow. Yeah. To uh, to pray for the conversion of at least one person in um, in my aunt, aunt Maxine's family to leave the Jehovah's Witnesses, and oh, apparently that was you. That was me. <laughs> Praise God! Yeah, <laughs> because she was one of the first ones I reached out to when I left. Oh. Um, so when I left, um, I was very angry and and very upset and very confused, and um, the Lord put a lot of Christians along the way to really to really help me out. Um, uh, at the time, the Internet, when I was leaving, this had been like in the mid-90s, I was about 30 years old, and uh, the Internet was just becoming really big, and, and I met uh, a gentleman, I can't remember his name, it's been so long, who uh, realized that I was a Jehovah's Witness who was questioning and was doubting and, and was upset, and he really befriended me online, and we started talking on the phone, and, and he really showed me the love of Christ. He was very patient with me. He prayed for me. He he really befriended me. There was no judging involved. There was um, just a whole lot of uh, love in that mm-hmm. particular relationship. And that went a long way to um, to really change my perspective of people who are Christians. You know, as a Jehovah's Witness, you're told that, you know, it's hypocrites that go to church. It's, you know... Uh, people who are misled, the, the, the Christian churches are of Satan. You know, mm-hmm. he really, you know, his, his his reaching out to me and the way he did it really broke that barrier down. Fantastic. And I'm sure he was in deep prayer. In fact, I know later on he told me that, you know, he was praying uh, for me and my family as we left the Jehovah's Witnesses at that time. And, and that fantastic. really went a long way. And then when I started attending um, a Lutheran church, um, in Arkansas, I was in grad school at the time when this was happening. You know, those people really welcomed us with open arms, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you know that, that they were they were open to us. They they listened, and um, 
they're very gentle with us and um it was just really greatly appreciated yeah. So that's what I would say. You know, if you if you know somebody, if you have a friend or relative who is um, going through a, a time period where they're doubting the witnesses, and you know it, you know, pray for them, be a friend, and 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 I would say even if you have to not talk about theology mm-hmm. for a while, for a while, yeah, absolutely, just be there with them and become be a, a, friend. a friend to them, a, a, an honest friend to them, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and just love them, you know, yeah. like Jesus loved us first, right. and and you'll get that response. Yeah. It's really tragic. I had a, I had a um, a crisis pregnancy center lady call me one time, and she said to me, uh, "These uh, single parent uh, Jehovah's Witness ladies come to our crisis pregnancy center, which is run by a a group of uh, Christians mm-hmm. in our town." And she said they come in and we give them what they need, but they never want to speak to us. They never mm-hmm. want to talk to us, mm-hmm. and she said, I don't really want to uh, say too much about Jesus because I don't want to scare him off. I want him to keep coming back. And she says, but I know they're in need because they're here all the time. And she says, why, is not, why isn't the Jehovah's Witness Kingdom Hall helping these women out? Mm. And I said, well, most likely they're, ex- they're, they're disfellowshipped. They're disfellowshipped. They're being shunned. Oh. And so they're not going to help them out if they're being Because shunned. they're pregnant and unmarried, yeah. Correct. I said, that mm. would be my guess. And she's mm. like, well, how do I handle this? I said, you're handling it well. Yeah. Keep giving them what they need. Keep, you know talking to them and showing them the unconditional love of Jesus and at some point and praying for them and get, you know, mm-hmm. the people in the community to pray for them. And at some point, you know, uh, an opportunity will come, will come where you can, up. you know, yeah. say something to them. Right. And then, you know, in the meantime, I told them, you know, to prepare. Right. Become prepared. I say that all the time, too. A lot of times people I've talked to said, but you said don't talk to him about Jesus. I'm like, well, I didn't mean forever. You know, right. pray for them and wait for that open door when they are ready to uh converse with you and uh, that we need to uh, focus on who Jesus is because, and we don't have time to delve into this today, they teach a false Christ and a false gospel. And we need to help them know the true Christ of the Bible, that he suffered and died for all people, including them, and that it's not because of their good works that they are going to receive eternal life as a free gift. That yeah. is God's gift. How did you come to know Christ? Was it before or after you left, Jeff? Well, I mean, I think it was a, a process, process, right? Yeah. And Usually. I, I learned more and more about him as mm-hmm. I encountered him more and more through Christians that he put in my life, really, mm-hmm. and also through Scripture. I remember, right. um, and I probably got this from a Christian that had said this, because really when you're a Jehovah's Witness and you read Scripture, you know, the Bible is kind of like, it's interpreted for you by the leaders of the Watchtower. Right. You're not encouraged to really consider it as a letter from God to mm-hmm, you, you know, mm-hmm. personally. Right. And I think for the first time ever, I, I one day I sat down and I read the book of Romans, and I said, I'm going to view this as a letter, a love letter from God to me. Mm-hmm. And that was at that moment that I realized that I'm an adopted child of God, destined to be with him for all eternity in heaven to see him face to face. And um, that was Mm eye-opening. I had never, and you know, as much as I had read the scriptures as a Jehovah's Witness, although their Bible is translated weirdly. Yes. um, But I read, I read, you know, but God can do miraculous things. I mean, I read the Book of Romans in the Jehovah's Witness translation. Oh, did you? (laughs) Still heard his voice. Yes, absolutely. And so, um, you know, I really, I really realized that. When I realized that, I think I kind of want, kind of figured out. Well, this is what, this is what the 
Christians mean when they call it the passion of the Christ. You know that he he loved us so much that he you know opened up his arms and gave his all for us on the cross mm-hmm. uh, to uh, to reconcile us to the Father, mm-hmm. and that was just not something that you know we we really realized uh, as a Jehovah's Witness. It's certainly not something that was emphasized because there. Their salvation is such a works-based works based salvation. Absolutely. You know? Very legalistic, very works oriented, as you talked about shunning or disfellowshipping. It's because they sinned. God forgives our sins, but the organization uh, will throw someone out for doing something that is a sin. Yes, we all sin, but they're very legalistic um, and law oriented, and uh, they're not. I would say they're not gospel-focused. I don't know if you would agree with that, Jeff. Yeah, I mean, you know, they, they don't understand the concept of grace. Right. And, they you know, they have a different word for it, undeserved kindness, so they kind of translate it in a different way that I, I don't think gets the point across that, you know, the grace from God is a gratuitous, overwhelming, wonderful gift that we don't deserve, but God gives it to us anyway because He's faithful and He is who He is. Right. And the other issue, and again, we don't have time to deal with it today. My book does go into this a little bit. We have two minutes left. That they teach a false Christ. They teach Jesus is not both true God and true man at the same time. We have two minutes left, Jeff. Any closing thoughts? We'll leave that topic for another time. Well, I mean, one of the things that I realized at one point, too, because, you know, they believe Jesus is a mere angel creature, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things I realized through discussing it with Christians and others, is that, you know, the God of the Christians did all the dirty work himself to save us Mm -hmm. because he loved us so much. The God of the Jehovah's Witnesses sent a creature to do all that work. Mm -hmm. Didn't Mm -hmm. want to get his hands dirty. Yeah. So it's false teaching. Yeah, yeah, correct. And so, you know, that that right there tells you the marked difference in perspective that a Jehovah's Witness has about God compared to what Christians know about the true God and and the authentic revelation that that God has given us through the work of Jesus Christ. And I have to say that, um, you know, when when I came to that particular realization, um, you know, it changed my life for the better. And and really, we need to have a heart uh, of of love and, and... for the Jehovah's Witnesses, oh, particularly the people who have been kicked out and beaten mm-hmm, up, mm-hmm. because many of them will even say to you, um, I left the Jehovah's Witnesses because they still believe in the theology, but they can't live up to the rules. And they'll even tell you, I wasn't good enough for God. That's yeah. why God kicked me out of his organization. Jeff, I wish I could let you finish that thought, but we'll be off the air. We will have you back okay. and talk some more about this. Uh, again, this is Kay Meyer. My guest has been Dr. Jeff Schwem, an ex-Jehovah's Witness. Uh, learn more on the website at www.familyshieldministries.com. Thanks for listening. God bless your day. You've been listening to Family Shield, a production of Family Shield Ministries. Its mission is to educate and equip people through the power of the gospel to know Christ, grow in His Word, and to strengthen individuals and their families. To learn how you can obtain resources or support the ministry, go to www.familyshieldministries.com or write Family Shield Ministries, P.O. Box 230015, St. Louis, Missouri, 63123. And tune in again next week for Family Shield. Family Shield.